2021. This is 508, a show about Worcester. And I'm Michael Benedetti. Why did it just get so windy as soon Brendan. as we start talking? We defeated COVID, good job. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. You did really good work, brother. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we talk about that, I want to do Worcester in 60 seconds. Can I do it without without all this wind? Probably not. Um, statewide, we are in COVID reopening phase four, stage one. Stage two is the final phase. Worcester County has a COVID rate of 22 confirmed cases per 100,000 people, mm -hmm. which is unchanged on the week. It's about twice as high as it was a year ago, yep. but it's down 75% uh, from the peak, which was the beginning of January. Right. Um, in Massachusetts, 36% of the people have received uh, at least one dose of vaccine. It's up from 19% a month ago. Yeah. And of people who are eligible to get vaccinated, about 45% have been vaccinated, 50%. So that's not too bad. Um, Becker College will indeed close. We were talking about that last time, if that was going to happen. This is the end of their, this is their last school year. Worcester Elementary students, unfortunately the Worcester Public Schools will not close. Worcester Elementary students will go back to the class five days a week if they like, starting beginning of May, and uh, middle school students not long after that. And finally, the Worcester Paw Sox have been scrimmaging at Polar Park. Um, they're going to play their first game beginning of May, May the 4th in Buffalo, and the first game in Worcester will be on May the 11th. Oh, and if, actually, I'll mention also Worcester's Rodney Harrigan won $10 million in the lottery last month. Congratulations. Not, yeah, yeah, congratulations to him. Not somebody I know, but a friend of a friend, so oh, yeah, good really? job, man. Good job on the money. Yeah. yeah. How are you doing, Brandon? Are you looking for investment opportunities? Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I figure that whenever you win, win a lottery ticket, uh, you, got, you, sh you should mostly, you, sh you should only have to worry about your friends hitting you up for money, not friends of friends. I've had the same cell phone number since the mid-90s, and I've always just felt if I won the lottery, the first thing that's happening is that phone's getting tossed into the nearest pond, and yeah. that's starting from scratch, yeah. Yeah, I always, you know, I, I wonder about that with the $10 million. I know that there's, I know that something that sometimes people do is that they, they form, whenever they win the lottery, right, you, like, you form a trust, mm. and then you give the lottery ticket to the trust, right. and then the the trust wins the lottery, and so therefore, I guess there's no photo of you with the ticket, with the ch giant check or whatever. You know, I, I, I think it's possible, but that's really hard to do in Massachusetts. Like it? state to state, it's some states mandate that like if you won the lottery, it has to be public. It's treated like public record sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Massachusetts, for some reason, I feel like it can be done, but it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. Yeah, yeah. It just seems like it would be worth the hassle, man. If I was going to get ten million dollars all of a sudden. Yeah. I mean, I would also like to think, too, that, like, I would probably be very hard to find immediately thereafter. And, like, I know how to get in touch with you. Like, we'd make sure that if there are any wants and needs that uh, I could help you out with. But yeah. you're probably not going to know where in the galaxy I am when that takes place. Yeah. Speaking of winning the lottery, Brendan, we defeated COVID-19. Um, Everything's better Basically. Now. Well, you know what? I mean, this last week, walking around the streets and just being in the small number of circles that I'm in these days. Yeah. I was just seeing substantially less. Let me take this off. Action shot. Substantially less mask wearing than I had the last few months. Yeah, I'm not liking it. You're not liking it? I'm still not liking it. And I said, I'm vaccinated now, right? Like, I, I, I had some comorbidities that got me in, so it's like, yeah, I still don't like it, man. I feel like the best. I listen to a lot of. Uh, I'm one of those, uh, you know, the the, the the doom COVID people, right? Like, so it's, I listen to too much Michael Ostrom. And, uh, you know, he keeps referencing that, like, we're in the fourth inning. It's, uh, and I don't know. It's, I think we're going to hurt ourselves, but what do I know? Yeah. I, I feel like we're in the fourth inning of a, of a special kind of baseball that involves four innings. 
<laughs> that's my opinion. But you're being very positive. That's a yeah. No, yeah. I, just, I still feel like there's so much that could go wrong. Like, yeah. I mean, nobody should take my predictions as to how this is going to play out either. I don't know. Well, that maybe I have they a, should. I don't know. I, you should not take my advice on anything. I've been saying that for the last well, how long we've been doing their show? At least ten years now. But it's no, we're um, all, yeah. Yeah, but still, I I don't know. It's just I, I feel like people are getting too comfortable. I was wondering if you feel like we have any uh, if we have any uh, uh, lessons learned from the COVID crisis thus yeah, far. Yeah, um, government is garbage. Yeah, uh, sure. Humans are mostly garbage, but not complete garbage. Yeah. Some of them are awesome. Some humans are really, really awesome, but it's hard to figure out which ones are which in advance. So all those ideas you have about putting together your zombie team and whatnot and like knowing who's who, that's going to be a nightmare when, uh, when it actually comes down to it. And that like we still, we're terrible at math. Like for all the things that humans are good at, math is just... Like you pointed out when you're starting, twice as many cases now than we had last spring when we were panicking. Well, th- that's confirmed cases. So right. I'll just say, I mean, this is part of this. Part of the subtlety of this all is, of course, how many, right, like how do you go from confirmed cases to actual cases? Sure, sure. Does that does that calculation look completely different this spring than last spring when we were really testing nobody? If sure. we didn't even know how to test people. Yeah, so it could be that we're, we had, I don't think we had 10 times more last spring, but we could have the same amount last Absolutely. spring. Absolutely. But it's just, we, I don't think we're, we're really good at getting... I mean, have you had, have you actually tried to have a conversation with people about how many Americans have died uh, in the last year from uh, COVID? I've had conversations about similar kinds of statistical subjects, and I think it's just it is. I think that really highlights, and I'm, I'm at fault of this too. Like the number gets to a point where it's like your brain just can't, whether it's emotionally or logically, just can't wrap around it anymore. Yeah. And I feel like that's yeah. unfortunately where we're at now. I totally get everyone wants to get back to whatever normal is supposed to be and whatnot, but I don't know. I just right and wrong ways to do things. I don't think we've done yeah. much of anything right in the last year. I'll tell you, uh, uh, two, two uh, lessons that I've learned besides the fact that all of our officials, government officials and official organizations have really done a poor job of managing this crisis yeah. on the federal level too. Uh, maybe I'll throw in as a parenthetical before I continue my thought that like, I think the last episode I was complaining a lot about like the vaccine rollout locally. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say like, I don't really blame local people for this because even a lot of it is being said on the federal level not even the state level just the federal level like if you wanted to do something with like first doses first policy or whatever you can't just do that on a worcester basis you have to do that that comes from the top so you do what you can do but one of the things that's been surprising to me has been the studies that have sort of shown that uh for example the united states or massachusetts you know whenever covid came in the uh the R number, the reproduction number, was mm-hmm. like five or something, yeah. meaning everybody infected five other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but then very quickly it converged to, Z, to, to around one, maybe right. a tad over one, which means the average person who gets COVID infects a person, and there's enough of a little bit more that it, there is some growth, but it's yeah. not huge. Um, it would be steady growth, but not huge growth. That that's. That kind of phenomenon has happened all over the world, yep. and that frequently these changes precede government mandates of restrictions rather yep. than following it. So that people, it may be in a lot of cases that you know the governor of Massachusetts says we want to close down the restaurants, and the reason is because people are like, we want to close down the restaurants, and we don't want to go to the restaurants, and so the governor's like, all right, I'll do whatever people are into, but people will stop going to restaurants two weeks before yes. the governor kind of picks up on that vibe right. and makes it happen. So, like, that whole dynamic, I think, is really interesting. Um, I don't think it's something that we've taken into account in our policymaking, in part because in part because I don't know that we understand that dynamic well enough to take it into account in our policymaking. But it's been, it's been a really interesting part of this to me. In some ways, that's been a really uh, 
reassuring thing to me and that I sort of feel like even without the government, even if the government was underreacting to these things, maybe people in general would counteract that a little bit. That, you know, like the fact that it's so, the fact that it so often goes to one, yeah. meaning steady amounts of COVID, in some ways it sounds, seems to me like if people are hearing about more people around them getting COVID, they start getting more cautious. And when they're hearing about less people around them getting COVID, then, then last week they get less cautious. And that's why you, when it's about the same, you stay about the same. So right, could, right. Yeah. Well, no, and, it, and I mean, on a personal level, I mean, that's kind of why, like we, we kind of wrapped things up at the ice cream shop last spring before the state said we had to. Yeah. It was just like, it was obvious that we needed to, to shut things down because there's nobody there. Yeah. Um, and then on the back end of things now, I still haven't reopened. I'm going too soon, but it's a lot of that has less to do with where Charlie Baker says we are in a reopening plan and more to do with me talking to my customers. <laughs> like most of them not being entirely comfortable coming out yet. Yeah. Um, having a business uh, that doesn't have <laughs> its customers isn't necessarily a great business, right? Yeah. So it's, it makes sense to stay closed even though the government is telling me I have permission to reopen in some capacity. And yeah, I mean, I, I guess a lot of that too is, you know, we're, we, you and I talked about this a lot last spring, I think, that you know, we have a really great system of government when what we need in life are bureaucrats, right? But like when we need like expertise and what we need is like folks that can make really stressful, challenging decisions, and even if they're going to be completely wrong, no matter what yeah. their consultants and what are telling them, they're going to do what they think is right, not what's going to be popular. Um, and I feel like that's where we've seen a lot of gaping holes in the way our system functions right now. Like, I'm really not interested in what, uh, you know, consultants to the governor think about reopening. I'm really interested in what all the epidemiologists that work for Mass Department of Public Health and have for decades think about reopening. And I don't know that we're hearing from them, right? Like, I, I know that we're hearing from consultants because you can read it in the pressers. The language is polished and yeah. whatnot. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, Whatever. You said it's conquered, so we're done. We're sure. Yeah, exactly. We don't, we, we, that's right. That's right. We're in a, po we're in a post COVID world. Um, uh, what do you, I've been thinking about the Paw Sox, man. Because, Just because like, we're standing here or in part, general? Partially because we're standing here and partially because, like, when I think about the stories in Worcester, and there's lots of stories that are always going on about who's running for public office and, you know, uh, racism in the police and racism in the city and this and that and the other thing and property taxes and whatever this is still like this one thing which like 10 years from now is going to be relevant because it's like it's the city the city has mortgaged the entire city in order to build <laughs> yeah. the most expensive minor league ballpark in the world universe. history yeah literally um, there, it there it is it really looks it looks i think we got our money's worth man look at that sign i'm uh it's backwards yeah. i am uh i'm just upset we didn't get our brick you know, like I really, I was really digging the original drawings that were all oh. like brick facade and whatnot. Yeah, this it's to me cool, looks cool kind looking. of like a building where I don't know you would expect, I don't know, like petroleum jelly to be made or yeah. something. Like it's not a, it's not a, from up here anyways. Maybe down there it's gorgeous, but from up here it's not really the most attractive building I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, the money is not in the facade. If, wherever the money is, it's hopefully it's not in the facade. If <laughs> it's in the facade, this is the crappiest it place. It has ever. the nicest toilets you've ever yeah. seen. The, the urinals are incredible. Yeah. I've been thinking, I've been trying to pin down, like, what am I supposed to think about this as it's been going so far, like, socially? Like, if I wanted to, like, be in solidarity with my social groups, sure. which is, a, I feel like, like anybody, half of my opinions just come from, like, what do the people like me think, and I'll yeah, yeah. go along with that. 
what what would their opinion of this project be so far? And I feel like the answer is I don't even know. I don't know that my social groups have have come to a consensus about this thing. It's a weird thing because it's uh yeah, I, I feel like it's a bit of a burnout for a lot of folks in the city. Like I was really excited about the project as a whole, like the you know, because there was a lot of accessory development that went along with that. Yeah, it was yeah. supposed to be a really nice looking building, yeah. not something made of corrugated metal, um, <laughs> petroleum jelly factory. But it's uh, I don't know. It's it's that price tag kept keeps going up or or did keep going up. Maybe it's plateaued now. Now now it's like COVID nineteen. Now the budget is it's a, it we're getting even budget sure but it's um i guess it's it's one of those things that the numbers are almost too if you're really really opposed to this project there the numbers are too big to really get wrapped up in and if you're really excited about the project well you're existing in a universe where unless you're a texas rangers fan where they're packing 55,000 people into a stadium in the middle of a pandemic like it might not be the most attractive time to be a sports fan, right? Like, how many people are we? Twelve percent? Is that what we can have? Twelve percent. I think we're still at a level of twelve percent capacity. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's not. I don't know. That's that's a really disappointing wave when that happens in the stands. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. In but I, and way, I don't even yeah. know at this point where you probably know more than I do. Like, where is all the accessory development that was going to be taking place, like across the street and whatnot? I mean, that was for me as like a resident. That was the hook, right? Like. If you bring in enough economic development that's an accessory accessory to the project, then it all makes sense, I guess. Like, it's an investment that you're getting something out of. That's what's nice about investments. If mm -hmm. they're good investments, like, you get a return. I, I don't feel like we're hearing a whole heck of a lot about that now. This is one thing I'm looking forward to in our post-COVID world, Brendan, is I'll, I'll be back wandering around the city, learning things by talking to people, and then I'll, then I'll know stuff about the accessory developments, whereas right now, total mystery to me, that kind so of stuff. So what do you think, when the... How many games are going to be played before the railroad police are up here kicking people off the tracks with lawn chairs and like barbecues and whatnot? Up? They're probably going to have built an electric fence or something over the next month. Who knows what's going to be here in a month from now? They're going to use t-shirt cannons to get all the, the, the non-paying fans away. So like you actually get to go home with something nice. Oh like man, a souvenir I tell you, well, you're probably going to have a bruise as well. They they hope non-paying fans will be a problem, right? I mean. I I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking about like, like, like the beloved, uh, like the beloved Worcester Tornadoes. No, am I thinking about the Bravehearts? Who's the current Worcester baseball team? Bravehearts. The Bravehearts. So the Tornadoes. I mean, I paid for the Tornadoes half the time that I saw Tornadoes games, which you was more than one time. To see Jose Canseco. I never. I don't know that I ever paid to see Jose. You I don't think I, I. didn't pay during that era. That was the only time I went to any games. No, no, no. But what? But what? But what? Um, Still have his phone number too. If anyone wants to give Jose Canseco a call, <laughs> you know how to get in touch. I have his cell phone number. By the way, any super fans, of course, can rewind and watch the episode where we give Jose Canseco the key to the city many years ago, about 10 years ago, I guess. Um, less than that, seven. Um, oh, man, what were, what were we even talking about? Oh, so I... So talking about that guy up there has got the best view of the game on top of the Davis building. Is that a guy or is that like a mannequin? No, this, oh, that's a good question. It I think, looks I think like there's a Gordon, dude in the corner. Gordon's fisherman guy. This is, important, this is important news. Yeah, I mean, tell you, the, the way that the lens on this camera works, Things that are far away are even harder to see than they are for you. I'm not kidding you. Um, uh, oh, I was going to say, like, to Tornadoes games, I paid for half the time that I went to a Tornadoes game. Yeah. I went to every game with the intention of paying, yeah. but half the time I was given a ticket as I approached right. the arena. You just found out that tonight's, like, guy with glasses night or, like, or guy wearing just, pants night. I don't yeah. know. I never knew what it was that people would be standing around there giving people free tickets yeah. as they approach the place. Um, because I don't know, there are a lot of people who would walk up to the front and then say, "No, I just decided at the last second. But I, I mean, I don't. Hopefully, this will not have that dynamic. I mean, 
the Pawsocks, I guess, are a bigger deal than the tornadoes would yeah. be. Yeah, and, and I just want to, I do want to double back for a second, too, because I don't want to just come off as negative about if, if this ends up being the most successful thing that Worcester's ever done, awesome. Right, like, there was a time when, um, I think it was Jordan Levy was big before Jordan Levy, but, like, the Centrum, like, what's now the DCU Center, that sure. was a really contentious project. Like, why sure. would you build an arena? And, you know, in, in hindsight, it was, it was a good thing to put in for the city. Like, it was a really big draw. There are other uh, extent, extenuating circumstances involving other area arenas that have been upgraded since that have probably taken a little bit of the shine off of it. Um, but at the time, like, yeah. we, can, we, can, we can walk over away from traffic here if you want to. Yeah, or just from wind? Do from we know the, there's no wind? Uh, there's uh, inside. <laughs> um, not allowed in there yet. Yeah. They haven't got the memo about us being in a post-COVID world. Yeah. The, um, yeah, no, so I mean, if this ends, if it ends up working, I mean, good on the city. And like, that, I, I will be the first one to applaud. I guess maybe I'm just not as in tune with uh, professional sports these days that I just, I'm just not that fully excited about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are we excited about, Mike? Well, I tell you, Brendan, uh, oh, I think I had one more insight about COVID-19. Oh, okay. that I learned less than I learned from COVID-19, which is that uh, other people have a lot of uh, effect on my behavior. Especially the people close to me. Oh, yeah. That um yeah like so you know like there's times when I'm walking around wearing a mask and there's been times when I'm not walking around wearing a mask and people will say hey do you really think you should be doing this precaution or that precaution mm -hmm. and my answer is like dude do you not like have friends and relatives like do you not have other people in your life because like part of my decision about whether I should wear a mask in some context is my risk calculation or whatever right, right. and part of my decision is like what have I promised the people. Who I, sure. who I have decided to be in a little bubble with. Yeah. You know, and like, and likewise, part of their decisions are what they promised me. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, it's been funny talking to people and not getting that impression that people are, that that's like on a lot of people's radar so much. That is, again, what I was mentioning earlier from like a business perspective, why I've been slow to reopen the ice cream shop is, again, like we still have a lot of our new social structure that is kind of packaged and built around the idea of who your bubble is and, and who you're interacting with. And um, yeah, I, I still feel like there's a, a large percentage of people that are in that mindset, uh, even though there are clearly lots of people that have decided, screw it, just going back to doing whatever the hell I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you this, like, even though more people are wearing a mask, or, or are not wearing a mask walking down the street than they were a month ago. Yep. There's still like, I mean, there's usually no foot traffic in this area, especially because the big draw is the library. But man, and it's so windy. No place that I go is there any foot traffic still though. No. Traffic, traffic. Yeah. There's less than there used to be, but foot traffic there's almost that none. That is going to be, I think, an interesting thing about downtown Worcester and any city, like any reasonable sized city, right? Is a lot of the people who would normally be down here walking around, they're office workers, right? And they're not back in their offices yet. It's. Um, most folks that I know that work in offices don't know when they're going back to their offices. And I, I think that'll change the dynamic down here for quite some time. Yeah. There's certainly a bigger residential population than there had been down here from uh, 145 Front and some of the other apartment buildings down here, yeah. the grid and what have you. But uh, when it comes to like the after work crowd or just the vibe that people are out and about lunchtime, breakfast, yeah. whatever, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out long term. I was bragging to Brendan that I love using this camera because I know how to do, deal with it in the wind, but man, not this wind. This wind this is, is a, uh, it's really going a bunch of different directions. This is like a Wisconsin wind. It just, it's a consistent <laughs> 10 miles an hour. You can't really decide where it's coming from. It's, and it's just about annoying enough to drive you mad and have you go running out of the house in the middle of the night screaming never to be seen again. Yeah. I yeah. learned that in the, uh, in the there's a, yeah, Oklahoma has, has a 
similar thing in the, the Oklahoma, the, the mirror building uh, uh, bombing museum. They talk about the history of Oklahoma and the, uh, the wind and driving people mad. I grew up in Oklahoma, yeah. Did you really? Uh, yeah, I spent 11 years there growing I up. No I know all you think about, about the, the wind. It comes, whip, it comes whipping down the plains, yeah. as they say in the song. The waving wheat can sure smell sweet when the wind comes right behind the rain. In commodities news, Brent crude oil is $62 a barrel, down 2% on the week, up 90% on the year. Bitcoin is $56,820, down 3% on the week, up 16% the last month since we did the last show, up 700% on the year. The Worcester Air Quality Index is 33, due mostly to small particles, and it's well within the good range. Yeah. 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 You waiting for me to add something? I, I am waiting for you to add really something. I don't have anything yeah. else to add, huh? Yeah. How many Bitcoin millionaires do you know that uh, came up this year? Who, who became millionaires this yeah, year? Yeah, just don't, I don't want well, names. I just mean like, do you know people in your universe that did really well this year with uh, their otherwise yeah, seemingly weird investments? Uh, anybody who has a lot of money in cryptocurrency, yeah, I think had a good year had so a far. Really, yeah. really good year. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I think there's a lot more people like that in Worcester than we realize sometimes. I think so. I think so. I mean, I'll say this. I mean, I don't know anybody who entered that space and got rich in the last year. Hmm. But, I mean, who wasn't previously doing well in that space. But, see, uh, what's his face? Rodney Harrigan. People aren't necessarily going to tell me, oh, I just won $10 million in the lottery if yeah. they don't have to. Rodney, whatever you do, now is not the time to push it all into Bitcoin. No matter what anyone is telling you, just hold on to some of that money. Give, give it some time. Um, what are we doing shows about li coming up this year? We have so many people running for office. Yep. I feel like that's been the refrain in recent years. There was a time when it didn't seem like there was always going to have three preliminary elections, but the last few election cycles, a lot of people running every time. Are we excited about anything in this year's race? <sighs> I mean... Is? Races? I don't know. There, there's, I mean, there's people who, you know, as, as usual, there's people who I like and people who I don't know who are planning to run. Um... I don't know that there's anybody on the ticket that I'm like, oh yeah, that person would really change the change the game. Yeah, we need to start reaching out to people to like new uh, challengers and whatnot for, for interviews as well. That's what yeah, I'm yeah. Form on that one. Yeah. I think you're the first person I've talked to just on the side of the road in a year now. So I'm definitely gonna need to exercise that muscle again when it comes to interviewing people. I should have brought my Pulse my Pulse magazine one to watch list with me. Unless you have your phone in your pocket and you can bring it up on on your phone. I, don't, I left it in my coat. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Oh wait, you want to hold the thing? I'll yeah. Pull it, up on my phone. We'll pull it up in your phone. Hi everybody. There's a phone bag. You don't have your phone? I have it somewhere. People wonder why I'm always the one with the cameras, because I'm not good at any other activities. You can use this maybe to block the wind a little bit. I don't know what direction it's coming from. Yeah, it really is a wild wind. This is going to be one of the legendary unlistenable episodes of the show. Like many of them are unlistenable, but usually not for technical reasons. <laughs> um, by design. I don't think that's a real person up there, Mike. If anyone knows what's up with the, that has to be a mannequin. Yeah, that that person hasn't moved in however long we've been here. Or are they moving? It is. I think it just moved. No, it is. It's actually a person. I just saw them take binoculars down from their face. They're taking photographs up there. All right. 
Yeah. Why are taking photographs of us? Because we're ones to watch. There we are. So here's our annual uh, digital, here's our annual pervasive surveillance episode where we talk about the Pulse Magazine's ones to watch list. Um, the ones to watch are, Sorry, I spoke too soon. Whoever makes the Pulse Magazine website. This is a very hostile website <laughs> on my phone. Uh, uh, yeah, boy, guys, I cannot see your, your web your thing on my phone. We'll just watch this uh, thing. Oh, yeah. There it is. People to watch part one. We have Danielle Brooks, who some people will know from Worcester Wares. We have the Seltzer Time Boys, who have been on this show. We have... Hope you're putting those machetes to good use, guys. Oh, no. Ugh. I cannot find the rest of the list. I had this piece of paper. I had this on paper in my house. Oh, this is a terrible... We're going to have to start this show off from the beginning. We're doing it all over again. This is a huge mistake. People to watch part one. Well, just read us something random from the Pulse Magazine website. That... Yeah, that's totally a person. It's in a different area. I think. This is going to be kind of like our, our our episode when we were looking at like relics of the Buddha. We haven't and done we this in a year. We didn't like say this. anything for like a whole episode. We just basically like look at some stuff quietly. Can, will you just acknowledge with me though that this guy has moved? to a completely different area? Sure. <laughs> I don't want to fight with you. I'll go along with that. No, he's, he's standing on the other side of the sign now. Like, now he's walking without walking away. Totally a person. Pulse Magazine, what's your deal? I don't know. I wish I could pause this recorder, but we really can't. You gotta pay for uh, that information. Even if I could just see... Vaughn Slawoski is on the list. JT Ethier is on the list. Mm-hmm. Manny Alvarado's on the list. Do you mm -hmm. know Manny Alvarado? Do I know Manny uh, Alvarado? I believe so. Yeah, that sounds really familiar. He hasn't been on the show, though. What happened to my embed? There's a link to click. What happened to my embed? Oh, wait, there it is. Um, George Annan, who hasn't been on the show. Oh, come on. Uh, Toon Nguyen, who's been on this show twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who's running for city council? All right. Gemma Kamora, who's been on the show once and who's running for, what do you think? School committee? School committee. <laughs> I command John D. Novella and two people who um, I can't see on this screen. Anyway, mostly we just cover this, I think, to see, like, are we still, you know, is our finger on what you might call the, the heartbeat of the city. I hope you're going to say the pulse. The Come pulse. on, it was, it was hanging right there for and you. Man. I think so. Yeah, was that, like four, four people? That's better than we've done in a long time. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. I don't want this anymore. Um, Look, the guy's it's on the other side of the building. Clearly, that's a union. There's a person up there. Oh, they left. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for, thanks for being ones to watch this show. I'm good at those. I'm not good at the finding stuff on my phone, but I'm good at coming up with little catchy things. Yeah. Thanks for being ones to watch the 5 Ways show. Uh, we'll be on next week, next month, next year, sometime soon. Sometime. sometime. Um, you know, we'll just be going around like French kissing our guests and whatever because there's no more COVID-19. We're done. We're done.
done. Good work, everybody. Congratulations. And uh, maybe maybe we'll see you at a a game here. That's that needs to be our pitch. We need to. We should be offered. That's will be our pitch. Tickets to uh, opening night so we can cover uh, opening night uh, from a 508 perspective. Yeah. So oh. Red Sox guys, I know you're watching. Guys and gals, I, I know you're out there listening. Mike, Mike and I want to go to a game. This is a thousand percent got to be one of these deals where we can get free tickets because they want it to be totally full, right? Yeah. Depending, I guess depending on. Totally 12 percent full. Three weeks, four weeks, we get some tickets. Yeah. All right, guys. Somebody. See you all at Polar Park. If not, we'll just be up here on the tracks.